Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 92, released on August 29th, 2012. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scott. Hey, Steve. What's happening? Yeah, not too much. It's, uh, it's kind of been a bit of a quiet uh, period in the, uh, in the movies and the TVs kind of side of things, but there's been some big uh, comic book news uh, this past month, and we'll get into all that in our discussions. Uh, what's new with you? Yeah, uh, not too much, not too much. It was actually starting to get a little cooler around here, and then a few days ago it started getting hot again. We're at the end of August, yeah. as uh, I guess many of our listeners know here, but where you are, I guess it's winter already. Well, yeah, we're heading towards the end of winter. The first September is, uh, is the like the first month of spring here. So, uh, oh, you must be excited. Yeah, it's starting to warm up a little bit. We had actually a beautiful weekend just uh, prior to recording this, and um, it's uh, it's nice to see the warmer weather coming around. And I guess for you, it uh, feels the opposite with the cold. Well, cold it weather. was real hot today. We played some volleyball today. I played uh, on Wednesday, but we played at 6 p.m., and it was cool and nice. And today oh. it was a beautiful day, but it was... 80 degrees and you're standing out in an open field with sun on you it just yeah. it was real hot but uh but it was fun cool all right well let's get into our discussion topics uh we always start with movie news and there's nothing new in regards to man of steel it's uh, uh you know the teaser trailer as we've spoken about that at length in our previous podcasts and uh it's kind of the, i guess the calm before the storm uh we're just waiting for for further news uh, about the movie's uh production and uh the probably the next uh, theatrical trailer, I guess, will probably be released with The Hobbit. Everyone's guessing, and that's not till further down in the end of the year. So, uh, but we do have some Justice League movie news. We do indeed, man. Um, ben Affleck was uh, supposedly being uh, picked and groomed to uh, be the new director for for mm-hmm. this this proposed Justice League movie and uh, a lot of people were you know went all over Facebook and I I saw like the word no in big capital letters <laughs> with like 14 o's after it and 9000 exclamation points and people did not seem for the most part uh it seemed pretty universally a dislike uh, uh idea yeah for some reason I mean Ben Affleck hasn't chosen the greatest movies to star in yeah, towards the end of his career, obviously he started with a big bang, uh, with uh, uh, what's what was that movie? He and uh, what's his Good name? Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting, and uh, was just was he know, in that one though, or did he? Just yeah, write no, it? he was in it. He was in it. Okay. He was his best friend, and uh, you know, construction work site site worker or whatever, and uh, and uh, yeah, but uh, the two of them wrote that and you know brought it to to Hollywood and with a with a huge uh, debut. And then uh, he's chosen some pretty awful films to star in. Uh, oh, come on. You're just being a hater. What was wrong with Reindeer Games? Uh, I never saw that one. so. Uh... And neither did anyone else. <laughs> but uh, he's m- made a new career for himself as a director, really. Um, the Town was a fantastic uh, film, and I really enjoyed uh, both his acting and his direct- uh, direction in that. And... Uh, now uh, he's uh, you know a, a big name in in the directing field, and uh, Warner Brothers were uh, looking to get him, as you said, for the Justice League movie. But uh, he's come out and flatly denied that he's got any involvement with that. He says he, he was looking forward to it, to, to seeing the film. He thinks it will be great, but um, he doesn't actually have uh, any involvement with it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that this was a rumor, but I, I did a. Uh, great Scott segment uh, a few weeks ago about my feelings on it because, mm. as you said, um, 
he really is kind of a good director. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily for superhero films. We haven't seen that side yeah. of him, a big giant action film. But there was action in the town, uh, and I really enjoyed the town. Mm-hmm. Like you, I I kind of gained a new appreciation for him as an actor. Yeah. Um, I I loved uh, Gone Baby Gone, which had his brother in it uh, mm-hmm. that that uh, Ben Affleck directed, and, and uh, I thought it was. Uh, a really well directed film, really moving, and the same thing with uh, the town, which was a different kind. So that showed me when I saw the two of those, it showed me that he had two different, at least two different sides that he could direct. Yeah, he can so I really didn't have a necessarily a doubt that he could do a big action tentpole type movie. Yeah, I guess the problem was people were saying that Affleck has a tendency to want to actually star as well as direct in the movies that uh, he uh, is involved with of late. And uh, people started thinking about what role he would play in the Justice League or whatever. And that was never necessarily a foregone conclusion that if he did direct, that he would be uh, starring in the film as well. But uh, that's neither here nor there now because uh, the new rumour that's going around as of uh, moviehole.net is that the Wachowskis are are being uh, considered... Uh, obviously, Warner Brothers have a list of directors that they're, uh, you know, throwing around the Justice League movie too, and the Wachowskis' names have come up. Now, are we sure yet? I mean, you mentioned before that that Warner was was pursuing Affleck, yeah. and I mean, do we know that that's the case, or do we just know that there were rumors all over the place? Well, that that was the case. The story came from Variety, uh, who don't usually just start rumors without having some kind of a basis for them. It's not like they're just a fan site who's trying to gain traffic uh, to their website, which you know a lot of the smaller fan site and rumor sites do. You know, they create a rumor of their own. Uh, cord and hope that it uh, you know gains a bit of publicity and gets a bit of traffic coming to their site. Variety don't need to do that. So and unle- you know unless they have a source close to Warner Brothers who uh, has given them some good information, I don't think they would come out with a story like that uh, just for the sake of it. And what about this this Wachowski? Well, the Wachowski ones, uh, moviehole.net. Um, I've had uh, quite a bit to do with them in the past, and so. When Clint over there says that uh, he knows somebody close to Warner Brothers who's given him this information, I have to have to believe that uh, he's you know coming from a position of uh, of of knowledge rather than just again trying to create some traffic for his website. Because I'm kind of confused just about the whole project in general. I don't feel like you know unless I missed it. I don't feel like anybody's made a definitive announcement that they're definitely making a Justice League movie or that it's happening right away or that they're putting it into you know fast motion. Uh, it just sounds like uh, it's possible. It could happen. They might want to do it before, you know, against the way Marvel did it. They might want to do it after. They might do it someday, maybe before we're dead or maybe tomorrow. <laughs> it could come out any minute. Um, but nothing, nothing definitive from anybody that would necessarily have anything you know, uh, to, to, to really say about it. Well, I think it's been pretty much confirmed that uh, Will Beale uh, is the scriptwriter uh, who did Gangster Squad for Warner Brothers, and he's written and handed in a Justice League script. I think that's pretty much, while we haven't seen an official announcement from Warner Brothers itself, quite a number of sites from the big sites like Hollywood Reporter and, and those kinds of places have confirmed with Warner Brothers that a script is in place. So um, I guess that uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Possibly, we will. I guess we will find out in the yeah, in upcoming months. Now the Wachowskis were responsible for the Matrix trilogy, right? Correct. And uh, yeah. you know, while the first is, was obviously a massive, massive hit, 
the sequels you know have been received in various different uh, opinions you know up or down the third maybe not so great but um I did not like the sequels to The Matrix, yeah. but I felt that the original Matrix was oh, phenomenal. one of the greatest innovations in science fiction moviedom ever. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it multiple times. Uh, you know, I could watch it any time, really. I never really get tired of it. And when uh, the funny thing is, is, is uh, I remember watching it with my dad very early on when it was when it had first been released. It maybe was in the theater, maybe right after when we we saw it for the first time. That he said, "Wow, look at those flying effects!" And mm-hmm. he doesn't even fly in the movie until the end. Yeah. Um, when he finally embraces who he is and what the deal is, and he said, "Man, if they could do a Superman movie like that," and that's back then when the rumors were still flying around that a new Superman movie was getting made long before Superman Returns. Yeah. And uh, my dad got excited about the the prospect of the effects in the movie um even just the action effects the slowing down of the bullets the helicopter crashing yeah. into the building just things that was ha- that were happening that he just felt like uh if if, if they did a the, a the superman effects like that that the, that the flight would be seamless and i the weird thing is i think as those movies went on and you would think it would be opposite but i think they, the the effects actually got worse and they got more uh, maybe because they tried to do too much at yeah. that time, but it seemed like they were so um, effects heavy, jam packed with things that you could really tell that it was uh, CGI'd. And you know, when he's fighting multiple versions of the same character and things like that, mm. it just seemed, you know, a little a little crazy. Although the uh, the the uh, tractor trailer chase, I guess, during the middle of the second movie was really cool because he was flying around in there too, and it was like. For me, that was the only thing I took away that was positive. I said, there's an advancement here in Mm. making a CGI person look like he's Keanu Reeves and look like he's flying, which could be used for superhero uh, movies down the line, which we really don't have to worry about anymore because we've seen movies like Avengers kind of do it. uh, Well, the the only issue I have there is uh, Avengers has a flying guy. But he's wearing an Iron Man costume, so There's no you don't you, you don't really have the issues that you had with Brandon Routh in Superman Returns. So yeah. I'm still a little interested to see how Cavill's going to look close up. You know, the the shot we saw in the trailer looked fantastic, but it was from a million miles away. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to go. Yeah. But if the watch, I mean, I haven't seen anything lately from the Wachowskis in terms of big action or or big tentpole or anything so i'm not really sure how they would be either yeah no it's, we'll be wait and see whether or not that uh, comes to fruition but uh that's what's happening with the justice league movie rumors at, at, at this point in time and uh, beyond that really there's just the animated movies uh there was a bit of a a bit of a scare i guess when there was the announcement that warner brothers had shut down the warner premiere division of the company and many people wondered and worried at what that would mean for the animated movie division but um we obviously there will be no more warner brothers direct to animated <laughs> dvd movies. well that was the concern but uh we've uh, been assured from a warner brothers uh person and especially from the animated division that the uh warner premiere shutting down does not have any effect on the dc universe animated films being released by warner home video so uh, those people who, those you know, the Warner Premier people are just being kind of um, consumed by the other divisions, the animated divisions, the director DVD divisions, and and uh, uh, that's just a decision based on uh, on sales, I guess, of uh, of home uh, home movies, and you know what's going on there with with uh, with the economy and stuff. 
Well, from what we've been told, too, those the the, the direct to animated DVD features are 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 way too um, uh, profitable for yeah, them definitely. to to shut them down. At least at this moment, they seem to be doing very well, and that makes me happy because I really enjoyed them. They're more adult in nature uh, in general. The stories are good. You, you know, you get a lot more characterization than you do oftentimes in a, a half hour show on TV or whatever. But uh, it's good news, of yeah. course, that they're so, not shutting down. Bit of a relief there. And as I said, there isn't really any other movie news at this point in time. Uh, We had a sad bit of news that uh, Phyllis Thaxter, who played Martha Kent in Superman the movie, uh, passed away aged 90. She'd had a a long uh, couple of years battle with uh, Alzheimer's and sadly uh, passed away recently. Um, And uh, it's very sad news. Absolutely. Um, she was uh, obviously a, a, a huge part of the uh, Superman films, even though she only kind of appeared in, in, in the uh, first, whatever it was, hour of, of uh, Superman. Um, she's very memorable in that role, and I, I always remember uh, the scene that probably bothers me most in, in, in that Superman uh, film is when Jonathan dies, because I've I've always been a proponent, uh, just like I am with the new comic, the new 52, that his parents should be around long into his career as Superman. I think that it's a much more interesting way to go um, instead of the drama route, the the route of, of, of bitterness and sadness and, oh, well, I guess I should become Superman because my dad's dead now. Uh, it just seems like the easy way to go as opposed to uh, really tapping into them as, as wise people and as, as people who can help him learn and um, but uh, I can I always remember her shouting, you know, when she saw him uh, pass out, and that it was a very obviously a, a very tense, dramatic moment and, and uh, emotional moment in the film. And uh, she was very, uh, you know, for what they wanted them for, she was very. Uh, um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but very perfect for the role, I guess. Yeah, she uh, was quite emotional that that scene, and and then the scene with her uh, later on when you know Clark's ready to leave. To go north, and um, and you know he's waiting out there. She, you know she comes across to him um, across the the uh, the cornfields, the wheat fields, and um, and you know uh, tells him to always remember them. And uh, it was a very poignant scene. It was indeed. Okay, well, uh, TV side of things, uh, still no news of any Young Justice uh, new episodes at this point in time. We're uh, keeping an eye on Cartoon Network schedule uh, or any press releases for new Young Justice episodes. Um, we'll let you know when they happen. September usually seems a good time, but uh, who knows? Uh, we'll just keep you posted. But there is a DC special for Robot by Robot Chicken uh, coming on September 9th uh, at midnight. It's a midnight uh, premiere on the Adult Swim uh, block. Is that on a particular channel i'm not really familiar with. Uh, yeah adult swim is um uh, part of the cartoon network yeah, that's what uh, i thought uh, right around um i think it switches over at 10 p.m or 11 okay. p.m it's it's late at night um so uh i'm looking forward to that i i, I haven't been sure you know in seeing all the uh, uh previews and things if if this is just kind of an hour block of, of skits they've already done just put all together so that it's all superheroes or or if it's new, or if it's all new, or if there's some new, or I think it's pretty much a half hour that's yeah. new and a half hour that's the old stuff. Or I'm not sure. I think it's pro- uh, from what they're touting. It seems to be uh, new material, and uh, it's even reached the front page, or sorry, the cover of an alternate cover for the Aquaman uh, comic book uh, title. 
uh, with uh, Aquaman <laughs> hoisting Superman above his head. Um, you know, in uh, in a very heroic, uh, you know, I've, be, I've defeated the Justice League type of uh, type of picture. The Aquaman actual comic book. Yeah, it's, it's an alternate oh, really? cover for it. I don't that's know. kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's the, weird. it's the it's the dolls. It's the yeah, the, the... dolls. That's right. Yeah, the uh, the amigo. <laughs> that's uh, pretty funny. It is. Pretty I'll funny. have to take a look at that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I uh, but I love those. So I've been seeing that that preview where uh, I guess the guy comes out of a bank and starts shooting at Superman, and he's just standing there, <laughs> and he kind of goes. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's the, we're used to seeing bullets bounce off his chest, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy wanted to make him bounce off a different part of his anatomy, which was, which was quite funny. But uh, yeah. it's obviously very irreverent, and uh, that's why it's on the Adult Swim block. Absolutely. While we're still in TV, I wanted to mention it's a new item uh, that's on the webpage now that uh, another Phyllis from the Superman family um, is going to receive a Career Achievement Award, Phyllis Coates. The reason I want to bring this up is because, I, and I've said it several times on Great Scott, I feel like um, Phyllis Coates is kind of the forgotten Lois Lane. And the reason being is she only played her in one season of the TV series. She wasn't available, I guess, when the second season got uh, started filming, so they brought in Noel Neal and Noel Neal always gets lots of accolades and she's great with the fans and she's always at the Superman celebration and uh, I personally really really enjoyed Phyllis Coates yeah. as Lois I thought she was kind of a more serious take on it I, yeah. I, I kind of really believed her as Lois and um, I was I was really saddened as a uh, uh, old, you know as an adult now watching it again I used to watch it when I was young I'd get home from school it'd be on or it'd be on early in the morning reruns uh, and I'd watch it. So you don't really notice as a kid, but uh, watching it as an adult, the whole show in general, the first season was much more serious. It was mm. much more gritty. It was film more noir. of a crime kind of film noir type of thing. And yeah. then it got more child oriented. And I think Noel felt fit, fit in with that very, very well. Um, and, and I wanted to mention Phyllis because uh, I think she, she, she was great as Lois. So yeah. there you go. It's great for her to receive that uh, recognition in that uh, career achievement award. So well done to Phyllis Coates. All right, well, let's move into comic book discussions. Uh, I believe you've caught up on some of your reading. But uh, before we get into what's happened, let's look ahead to what they've announced and uh, made some, a big splash in the media with the announcement that Superman and Wonder Woman will become romantically involved. How dare they? I'm taking my... I'm taking my headphones off right now and I'm throwing them down in disdain and disgust because I can't... I'm turning off my microphone. Wow. Scott, come back. <laughs> that was just my uh, That's my little... impression of the overreaction that I have seen on the interwebs. Your little hissy fit. Yes, yes. Because, you know, uh, as much as Steve and I spend countless hours of our lives talking about Superman, really, I mean... I mean, really? This is something that upsets people so much that they're swearing off comic books and they hate DC and DC's effing with us. That's what I've. That's what I'm seeing yeah. all over the place. That how could they do something like this? It's sacrilege. It's this. It's that. And I see like news reports, and it reminds me of the election. Uh, we we've got an election going on over here mm -hmm. coming up in November, and it's a big presidential election. It's a big thing. You know, we kind of do that 
uh, every four years or something in America. <laughs> but uh, and 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 you you see all these campaigns from different media outlets saying different things, and they're always kind of exaggerated. Yeah. And this whole this 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 Lois Lane this this Lois Lane this Wonder Woman thing reminds me of that because I've seen headlines where it'll say something like. Uh, Superman dumps Lois Lane for Wonder Woman, and I'm like, no, Wonder Woman, no, the home wrecker. No. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's almost like, and the media outlets certainly have the ability to find out that that a reboot happened a year ago, and there is no Lois Lane Clark Kent romance right now. But instead of doing that, because like we mentioned before, they want to get people to their sites, and they want to get people to pick up their magazines, and they want them to read their articles. They they have to put it kind of sensationalist out yeah. there and say that that happened when that in fact isn't what happened. And a lot of people I think on Facebook and on these fan sites are fans of the idea of Lois Lane being with Superman more than they necessarily are of the reading of the comics. Yep. And and so they've all gotten upset that that how could Superman do something? Like that? How could DC do something like this? Um, Lois and Clark forever. I keep seeing these, you know, and my argument always is not just to be the devil's advocate, but, and you know me, I like to be uh, sensational <laughs> myself, but sure. you know, <laughs> I, I gotta say, honestly and truthfully, I don't have the exact dates and the exact years down, but Lois and Clark were, were kind of flat characters not really fleshed out and didn't really have a real adult relationship going on at all until the 80s. Yep. I mean, there were there was, you know, Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, but it was kind of a joke. She always wanted to be because she was lusting after Superman, but there was never any real no. you know, even uh, in the Earth 2 where they were married and they did have kids and that was like in the alternate uh, universe, uh, it was more like a let's see Lois Lane as the uh, as the, the 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 wife. You know, this is like this is what we're going to do for girls. You know, to so that they can read a comic. And you know, we're talking about in the fifties. You know, where women's uh, roles in comic books were not as you know obviously as modern as they are today. Where Lois is you know and has always been. A very um, uh, single-minded, um, you know, independent uh, career woman, and uh, in the fifties and early sixties, they made her more of a doting, uh, love, you know, lo you know, seeing love hearts and trying to fight Lana for, for <laughs> Superman's affection, and really wasn't the the Lois Lane that you know everybody had necessarily um, admired as being the independent, career-minded woman. No, and even when she was the independent career-minded woman, it was really more just a snarky kind of tell-off-the-bad-guys thing and then also be a damsel in distress so that Superman had something to do Come in the story. The day, yeah. You know, but there was no um, – you know, comics were much simpler sure. a, long, a long time, years ago. You know, there wasn't a lot of – um, storylines in terms of, you know, it was, oh, let's go get Hitler and the Nazis and, you know, let's take two planes and smash them together over our head because it's cool. And uh, and that's kind of what was going on with the relationship. There was always this thing, and, and the general population knows that there was always this flirting between Superman and Lois. The love triangle. But for the most part, when I tell people, like uh, a few years ago, I, 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 I had a doctor's appointment and, you know, you wait a lot of times in the, in the doctor's yeah. office. And it was the, it was the storyline where Superman heard Lois getting shot from across the world. Yeah. And she was over in the Middle East and he flew over there. And the cover is him holding her. She's kind of clad in a pantsuit, like wearing brown. Mm. And uh, he's holding her and his eyes are glowing. And she 
she she's been shot and 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 the doctor when he came in said what is this what what are his eyes glowing like that for and i and i've heard other people kind of complain about that whole eye glowing thing many times as well and i said to him oh well you know lois is shot and uh you know it's his wife and he's upset and his wife what are you talking about it's his wife <laughs> yeah. she doesn't even know he's superman no no she knows he, she knows you know so to him <laughs> It was kind of like he doesn't read the comics. He probably hasn't even seen the movies very much or anything. But but in his mind, a whole big part of the fun of of Superman and Lois and Clark is the idea that somehow she doesn't know and uh, she likes Superman and 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 Clark kind of thinks that she's awesome. But there's there's no she doesn't know. And he feel he felt like they took the fun out of it by having them be married and. And by having them know 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 the secrets like that, that was the biggest thing that he had this secret and he couldn't tell anyone and he was always disappearing. And um, so I think that everybody's nuts, you know. Oh, how could they do this? Um, but the general, I think the general population thinks that this is a bolder move than it really is because they they have the impression that Lois and Superman are an item when in fact they never really were. Until they started getting deeper into adult relationships in the eighties, and then they actually had a short engagement, and then they got married. But mm. but for the most part of their career, the most part of the the stories that we've seen since nineteen thirty eight, they really weren't exactly. And Superman has had many other love interests. You know, everyone knows Lana Lang and Laurie Lamaris, and then there's you know all these other characters that people he met on when he went back to Krypton, and all these other you know Sally's. Uh, Selwyn, I think her name is, and uh, Lila Lerrell, and all these other different characters that he's had, you know, romantic attachments to, um, and even you know characters like Maxima, and more recent times wanted to mate with Superman, and you know, and Wonder Woman has over the years been a love interest, and you know there has been pairings of the two of them. Kingdom Come, probably the most famous of recent times, where the two of them ended up having a child together, or ended up being together, you know, in that continuity. And so uh, it's not something that, you know, necessarily will be the end of Lois and Clark. They In this, in this continuity, in the New 52, the two of them are just career colleagues. You know, they both work at the Daily Planet at the moment. And, and that's really, you know, the, the extent of their friendship. Lois is trying to set him up with her sister Lucy, so uh, it's not like they're romantically involved or even have eyes for each other at this point in time. They admire each other, they're friends at the at the most, but uh, there's no romance there. So it's not like Wonder Woman is stepping on Lois's toes or elbowing her in the face to get in between them. Although we've seen, uh, there's been a lot of them posted as of late where uh, Wonder Woman's got Lois over her head and Lana's already unconscious in the distance and, and Wonder Woman's saying, and now I'll finish you and that way he won't have eyes for anybody but me, you know. Um, so, they, I mean, they, they've done kind of silly things like that before. Mm. And now we're in a position where, and a lot of people who won't hear this anyway, don't know that um, he's younger Yep. Uh, they're both younger. In they're the earlier in their careers. They know each other. They're friends. They admire each other, as you said. But they haven't, they haven't proceeded yet with any type of relationship. I don't believe that they're going to do away with that and never go back to it. But it might be a while. And I guess people are just upset that they're going to have to wait. Because for the most part, we've talked about change before. And the status quo for most people of the age to remember only – Lois and Clark being together are going to be upset because it does seem like a, a, an immense shakeup because now 
you know, they've been reading comics for 10 or 15 years and suddenly um, what they remember, because it was what, 94 when they got yeah, married? 93, 94, yeah. something. So it's been a long time in terms of regular people's lifetimes, but not in terms of the lifetime of the character. And so if you look at it that way and the idea that now we get to see it happen again, at least I feel like we will. I mean, I don't feel like it's going to be 10 or 20 years. I feel like they'll get to it and there'll be a romance and we'll actually see some real character development in the comics and some real advancement of them getting to know each other and that kind of thing in a way that maybe wasn't covered before and, and, and in an awesome way that, that, that makes it a little more bearable, I hope, for those of you who are upset by it, that, you know, calm down. I think we're going to get to it, and I think it's going to be all the more sweet when, it, when we do. Yeah, and we don't want to see the same stories just rewritten again and again and again. We want to see them explore new ideas and new, new you know, uh, just story ideas but that, you know, that we can uh, enjoy as, as we go along the way. They may end up being together, Lois and Clark, and if, you know, if they do, great. If they don't, well, let's just enjoy the stories as they go along. We don't want to know exactly where things are going. What's the fun in that? It's, it's, you know, it's sitting back and enjoying the stories as they're given to us and, and enjoying them for what they are, not what we expect them to be because we have an idea of where we want the journey to go. Well, I think the other thing people are kind of upset about is they feel like from their point of view, same as when it was announced that they were doing this whole reboot and many of those people still haven't come back to the books and they refuse to accept the way it is and they say, well, when they get through this little phase, they're going to go back to the way it was and I'm going to get to read my characters again. But until then, I'm not reading these abominations. That's kind of the the thing that I'm hearing and people mm. feel like in a lot of cases and I've I've seen some quotes. I think a lot of times they're joking or they're trying to be facetious or they're kind of putting it out there. The 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 producers, the creators, the writers, the the editors, the people involved with DC will say things like, no, 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 this is the new status quo now. Lois and Clark are done and we're not going there. And I think it's almost like you guys are being extreme. You're kind of going over the top. You're attacking us and we're just going to come back at you with a uh, vague kind of statement that makes it sound like we're doing what you think, what you're saying we're doing, but we're not necessarily doing anything of the kind. Well, it is they, what it is for now. And yeah, they did the same thing with the death of Superman. No, no, yeah, we're killing him off. It's you know, He's never coming back. You know, it's like, well, of course they always plan to bring him back. So just relax, everybody. Uh, DC have a plan. And while they might be doing something that you don't necessarily agree with now, and you may not ever agree with what they do, um, it's it's their story to tell, and they're telling it. The, to the best of uh, their ability and uh, whether you like it or not, it's the way it is. And I got to say, you know, for me, I'm stoked about seeing the Wonder Woman Superman romance myself. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then there's a, a new crossover coming up uh, for a long time now. And the new 52 people are saying, hey, you know, we've gone a year and we haven't really seen Superman come confront Superboy. We haven't seen Supergirl much uh, confront either of them. There have been uh, some recent. Uh, conversations between them, but uh, nothing of any great uh, importance. And now we've got a crossover coming up called, I'm guessing it's just Hell on Earth, although the hell is spelt H apostrophe E-L, as in a Kryptonian type of uh, spelling. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what this character, who has a backwards S kind of written on his chest, he's bare-chested, he seems to be more powerful than all of them, uh, he seems to you know, be something that we haven't really seen before, or a conglomeration of things that we have seen before together in one in one character. I'm interested in this because, um, uh, as we've discussed before, I often fall very behind in my comic book reading because 
uh, you know, money is really, really tight. And, you know, I just have these stacks kind of building up. And I, probably they're away by now because my comic book, uh, the guy I used to go to, um, handed it over to someone else to take over. And I never called the new guy. And it's in a new building. And he called me once. And he has all my books. And I never called him back. So uh, I just don't think I could afford to catch up in book form. But I've been reading some of the digitals and, and buying some of them online. And uh, But the ones that I tend to miss out on the most are Supergirl and Superboy. And I think that's because I didn't feel like either of them were going anywhere that I was enjoying. Um, And that's different than saying, well, they've started over, so I'm boycotting. I was reading them, and and I I wasn't getting anything great out of them. And and I was annoyed at the the idea that – that uh, clearly the world knows that there's this Supergirl and clearly the world knows that there's this Superboy and they're both wearing his symbol and yet Superman doesn't seem to want to investigate that. And it's, you know, I guess it technically in their world hasn't been a year. It's Mm. probably only been a few weeks, but uh, it just seems like a long time uh, where a guy who's supposed to to care about everyone and, and, and want to be connected to his heritage isn't isn't searching this out or investigating it in any way. So I'm interested that they're going to be together and, and maybe some of that's going to come out and maybe mm. we're going to maybe they're actually going to start some sort of a relationship between the three of them. Um, um, uh, and, and, and that I think would be nice to see. Not like the relationship that I um, was um, shown recently where it's like a Silver Age comic where Supergirl is there and they travel through time and they meet a chick who looks exactly like Supergirl and and Superman kind of has a romance with her and then they have to leave so he has to leave her and then there's a panel where he's like like stroking Supergirl's hair and saying something like if only you weren't my cousin I could spend the rest of my life with you and it's like whoa uh, so let's not you know not that kind of relationship yeah fair enough <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, this hell on earth uh, crossover is like and how the characters interact like you said and uh, that's uh, coming up in uh, in future uh, Superman, Superboy and Supergirl titles. Action Comics won't be involved in that as far as we know, uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, come towards the end of the year what they do with that Hell on Earth crossover. But let's look back at the comics that have been published in this uh, past month since our last podcast. We actually recorded uh, the previous podcast before Superman and number 11, so now we've got number 11 and number 12 that have come out since we last recorded. And this is the one, it's almost like a single issue, really, because it hasn't, I mean, it's on an ongoing story about Superman versus this creature from an alternate reality, I guess, an alternate dimension, where which the Russians have brought into uh, our reality, or the Superman's reality, to uh, try to, when they couldn't create their own Superman, their own super, uh, you know, person, they decided to try to grab another one, and they grabbed this creature from this alternate uh, dimension and uh, it backfired on them, and this creature has gone pretty much nuts around killing everyone uh, within uh, within reach, and um, really taking Superman to town on uh, in their first uh, co- confrontation. Yeah, it's, I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny that um, we're back in the Cold War all of a sudden. The yeah. Russians are kind of enemies, and uh, they're doing crazy things, and they're. Um, they seem kind of evil, but not necessarily really evil. But they're like, we're going to get us. If no one can have a Superman, you know, then then if we can't have our own Superman, then no one can have a yeah. Superman. And 
so just seeing them, yeah, ha, 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 twirling their <laughs> Russian and mustaches. A, and, what, the guy was a spy within the American government for a while and or military, yeah. and now he's back within Russia, and Superman's going, oh, we'll have to talk about that again. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and he said, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not kidding. And uh, what did uh, you make about the creature's design? A lot was made from, from the fans in regards to uh, being a uh, Predator ripoff. Yeah, I had heard about that um, a few weeks ago, I guess, when it came out, and I had forgotten. And when I opened the the, 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 the book and, and get to the page where we see him, I thought the exact same thing. Um, he looked exactly like Predator. He was using the same type of weapons. He had the uh, the hair that kind of yeah, – now later on in 12 when we see the mask removed, it, obviously he doesn't – he no longer looks like Predator. But uh, with the armor on and with the weapons and, and, and the, the ability to kind of um, blend into the surroundings and kind of disappear and appear somewhere else, it kind of – the whole thing did certainly seem like a Predator uh, – it was definitely inspired by Predator. Yeah. And uh, obviously in issue number 12 – number 11 is mostly a fight between the two of them. And in issue 12, you know, Superman, you know, pretty much comes to hanging upside down while the creature attempts to open up a rift back to his own dimension – and Superman thinks or just assumes that it's to, you know, let other creatures into our reality so that they can, you know, invade, which is, seems kind of a bit hypocritical from Superman because that's what was automatically uh, what the Earthlings, the humans, thought Superman was here for. And so for him to automatically assume that of this creature seems a bit uh, hypocritical, but uh, the creature uh, is able to communicate with Superman and via translator and uh you know telling that he just wants to get back to his own reality and um that we sh- superman shouldn't hold this creature to the laws of the earth of, in regards to killing and everything because it's not his planet and not his reality and he was brought here uh, you know not of his own accord well i have to i mean i'd have to disagree that it was hypocritical from superman's point of view because it's different um, Superman hasn't done anything except help people. Sure. Just like the Russians want to attack him and want to destroy him, and he's saying, "Well, what the hell? All I've done Are is help these people." Yeah. Um, uh, this guy came in and killed hundreds of people, slaughtered them in the streets—men, women, children. He even says the pets. Yep. Um, uh, so it's it's much easier to make that leap sure. that he's here to invade and he's here to kill and he's going to bring others who are going to do the same thing because he's been nothing but negative since he got here it's been all bad things and yeah. and, and really you know gruesome murders with 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 uh, spikes through people's chests and yeah yeah and no, uh, fair enough. Know, blood everywhere and uh, you know but uh yeah i i think um uh, obviously i I feel like if people would read this, aside from some of the story cliches that we see in there, uh, you know, if they can't have him, then, you know, no one can. These kind of things that, uh, you know, have kind of uh, closed out of town. But I think that 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 people that have been against this new Superman and saying that he, quote unquote, kills people and that he's violent and that he's not like Superman should be. I, A, haven't seen that. But B, this is to me further proof that they kind of understand who Superman is. He's mm-hmm. he's even if it's annoying at times, and even if people don't like it, he's kind of self righteous, and he's kind of um, you know he, he always errs on the side of what the law is and what he believes in his own ethical standards it should be, and uh, trying to stop this guy from you know and saying no 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 you don't get to run out of here after killing all these people because I say so. Uh, is one thing that oftentimes annoys people about Superman, but on the other hand, the fans 
who are saying they don't get Superman anymore should see this panel or this page to see that clearly they do because this is something that's been in place for years and years and years and years and years. You don't you don't you don't get to do what I think you shouldn't do and get away with it. Uh, and ba- and and what he thinks you shouldn't do is based on his ethical morality mm. of what the American and Earth laws are. Yep. Now, what did you make of the... Obviously, this is the end of uh, Jan- Dan Jurgens's run on the character. Uh, next month, we're seeing the Zero issue with Scott Lobdell taking over the writing, and then from then on, it will be Scott's run. Uh, but uh, the end, at the end of this, we see... And I don't know if this is so- something that Scott asked for uh, so that it would be, could be written into the very end of it, but Superman says he's going to make a conscious effort and Clark you know, to, to have fun with it and to be more, to be f- more fun and more free and... Um, I was interested to see them add that towards the end of this comic book, number 12. Well, what I like about it is that um, they're de- they definitely seem to be sh- they, uh, shying away from the idea that Clark is a fake personality and that mm. he's a goofball or that he's um, unbrave or cowardly or weak or, or, or you know nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like a normal guy. Who goes out with people and has drinks and and has food and does fun things to begin with, but uh, that maybe he even thought he was a little stuffier than he should be, and I like that he's going to go out. I don't see how a guy who could fly and dive bomb into the Grand Canyon and right back out again could really enjoy bungee jumping all that much. But it is kind of neat that he's with a pretty girl and that he's doing it for her and that he's trying to. Uh, kind of have another human relationship, but with but with a, a girl. Um, I don't think we you know we, we really haven't seen a romance yet, so I, I like it from that point of view. What I don't like, and this I think is more valid than the Wonder Woman thing, and I'll tell you why, is that it's Lucy Lane, mm-hmm. and the reason that I don't like it from that standpoint, even though it's cool, and I am kind of interested in kind of a. I don't know if perverted is the right word, but in a, in a, in a crooked kind of weird way to see how this is going to go because it's almost like, you know, peering through the window at your, you know, distant relative doing something that they shouldn't be doing while you shouldn't be watching them. But <laughs> it's kind, it's like it, – it's almost like Smallville used to anger me a lot because <laughs> all these things that Superman was the beginner of, they kind of took away from him. The crow was wearing the cape uh, for the Smallville crows. The S was the big Smallville symbol. The, mm. the, the other heroes got their uniforms and their powers and their abilities and their, 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 their reason to fight for justice before he did. Uh, they kind of had to yell at him all the time to do stuff. They, just, they, they, they made everybody else inspire him rather than the other way around. And I feel like the lowest people that are so upset about Wonder Woman – if they were reading this or if they heard about this, I think this is a much bigger story in terms of Lois because now, depending on where they go with it, it looks like he's going to develop some sort of a relationship with Lucy. And that will mean that Lois is, if we get to that, second to her sister, mm. at least in the you know in the first place. He might – you know the explanation will be that it wasn't right. They broke up and then him and Lois get together later. But it's kind of weird – to, depending on where they go, to even have a relationship with someone that has had a relationship with your sister. And in this case, it will be Lois who will have to 
develop a relationship with someone who could be Lucy's ex, depending on where they go with the story. Yeah, I think it was an interesting scene too, where uh, Lucy comes to the door and Jimmy answers the door and he's in his towel, pretty much having come out of the shower, considering <laughs> the fact that the two of them in previous continuities had been uh, in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. I thought that. I thought of that myself. Um, and the other interesting thing that I thought might have been funny, but maybe they didn't want to go there. Uh, is uh, if they do, if they did had done the Seinfeld episode where the reporter is interviewing a Jerry and 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 George and he overhears something uh. that makes her think that they're gay. Um, if you know a naked half naked man comes to the door and Lucy's wondering why Clark keeps uh, uh, standing her up at different places, she then sees this. <laughs> oh, okay, now it makes sense. Now, now I get it. And then suddenly Lois is saying, "Oh, Clark, I never realized you were gay." And everybody's saying, "No, and we're not gay." You know, there's anything wrong with that. There's anything wrong with that. Exactly. And that would be funny. I did want to mention, did you notice that in 11, Lucy was like a supermodel? She was like, you know, she had the perfect um, uh, proportions. Her nose was this tiny, you know, nose. She had a beautiful face. And then in 12, she's kind of goofy looking. (laughs) It's and, And the weird thing is, is that, you know, I checked three times. It's the same artist. Yeah, the only thing that's different is that uh, on eleven, the the inkers were several different people: Vincente uh, Cifuentes, Rob uh, Harker, and and, and uh, uh, Jesus Moreno. But in twelve, it, it says Ray McCarthy, whose name I've never seen before. Mm. I don't know if he's new, but 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 I never thought that inking would have that much difference. Oh yeah, it does on, yeah. on what the characters because you draw it with the pencil, so you know what somebody looks like and now you're just filling it in but her her nose seemed to change her eyes seemed to change everything seemed to change so i i just i just thought it was a very strange if you go back and look i think you'll see what i'm talking about but interesting interesting see where they go with uh with lucy's look in future issues <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and maybe that's you know I've, I've had people say before wow you know calm down with supergirl's nose because i <laughs> i did a whole thing about how on different pages it kept changing and I know they're under deadline and things change, but you would think a whole book yeah. where she looks one way. Well, and I know, again, different artists, but the same artist. Yeah, she could be a, a Pinocchio kind of thing going on there. Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> might be right. Now, Action Comics number 12. Uh, what did you make of this issue? Grant Morrison can be really hit or miss for me. And in this one we see, well, the, the scene that stood out for me was the fact that Lois is, you know, in, in this obviously very badly injured after having been hit by the uh, the, the fire engine and uh, the fire truck. And now she's gone to hospital and the doctors, are, the surgeons are saying, we can't do anything for her. Uh, it's, you know, it's too late. There's just too much there. And, it, you know, we just can't do it. And then Superman rushes off, reads every medical text in the world uh, that's been published and comes back and helps them operate uh, on Lois and saves her life, even going so far as... You know, the scalpel's right next to him. Ah, why should I use that? My thumb's just as sharp and uses his thumbnail to cut Lois open and, you know, germs be, you know, who cares about germs? Well, (laughs) here's the thing about this. And I can go, I can go either way in terms of you should look at a book and realize that your, your, your fears are unfounded and they do understand Superman and they do get it. But I can also go the other way and say, what the hell are they doing? (laughs) Because this reminds me of the reason why a lot of my friends give me a hard time about Superman. 
uh, my brother uh, recently said, you know, anybody could have created Superman. Anybody could have said, let me make a guy who can do anything, mm. who can do everything and does it better than anybody else. So well, the Flash is fast. So what? So Superman. Um, you know, the uh, Green Lantern can fly. So what? So can Superman. You know, all of these things that, that people could do. Uh, oh, you know, surgeons can save your life. Well, so what? So can Superman and he can do it faster. Um, and the other problem is. This means that he could be doing the same thing for children who come in in a horrible car accident and the doctors can't save them. He could be doing it for um, people who are dying of any various number of things that are curable if the doctors had the ability to see everything they were doing at the same time as they were doing it and do it very quickly. It, it opens up a giant, I think, I hate to use a cliche, but yeah, a can of worms yeah. in that. How are you going to explain later that he's not doing it anymore? Exactly. And it's also a huge event in the relationship of Lois and Superman because if he hadn't done what he did, not just saving her from a falling building or whatever, but she was going to die in 30 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he you know, saved her in a way that I'm not sure we've ever really seen him saver before and would he have done the same thing for anybody and he hasn't and that's again what the problem is going to be i think going forward because he's yeah given lowest special preference here which he has done before exactly i mean you have you know he's 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 infallible from what we can see he's not really in love with her yet he just has a close relationship with her um and he might do it for any of his friends but that still opens up the uh, the idea that He's kind of he he's going to give certain people that treatment, but not other people. Like, well, tonight after I'm done at the Daily Planet, I'm just going to go home and read a book on my bed, unless there's crime. But otherwise, I'm just going to stay at home and have a lazy Clark day. Oh, Meanwhile, you know, ten thousand people just died because the doctors couldn't um, mend their ribs quick enough. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, a little. Even, even that you you know he's he's really belittling the doctor's capabilities too because he can do stuff like you said better than they can or or stuff that they can't do and and to me that seems like it's not very supermanly no uh, yeah and and he is in action we've seen he's uh kind of a little more brash um he's a little more upfront when he says things to people um, yeah. uh, it reminds me of uh, one of the Smallville issues we're going to talk about. Uh, somebody asks Clark what he just did, and he uh, says, uh, "I just saved you a whole lot of paperwork." Uh, and I thought it re- I thought he was going to say, "I just did your jobs for you." That's how. That's the that's the impression that yeah. I was getting. And you don't really you don't usually want that when you're reading Superman. You know, he's a guy who cooperates. He's a guy who's involved with with uh, the uh, civil you know people who help you know police and firemen and, and that that kind of thing. Mm. So it's it's there's a lot of things going on in this scene and this this idea that irk me a bit. Yeah. I don't mind I've always said that there's no reason on earth Batman should be a better detective than Superman. It just makes no sense. And again people are going to say, "Well, you're just attacking Batman again." But again, Batman is just a human. 
And even though we all know that no human on Earth has ever been able to or will be able to do the things Batman can do, they still never say that he's a mutant of any kind or that he's enhanced or that he's he's normal. He just happened to exercise so much and work and you know, at learning so much and study so much that he became what he became. But Superman has enhanced hearing. He has enhanced sight. He has enhanced smells. He can see through things. He can see around things. He can move anything that's in his way. Uh, it, it seems to me when everybody else would miss a clue that would be there, Superman could walk in the room and go, oh, hey, look at this, immediately because mm. of all of his senses. And that's, again, another thing that people complain about because, well, Batman's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. If Superman can do all these things, why does Batman need to be on the Justice League? Why does Wonder Woman need to be there? Why, you know? So that's, again, a problem when you start talking about having Justice League movies and Justice League books and uh, because it seems like – and that's always a joke that they do on shows like Robot Chicken or mm. – uh, you know, some of these internet cartoons I've seen where Superman just shows up, everybody was having a hard time, he uses a super breath and all the aliens fall out of the sky frozen and the, the battle's over. Um, that's an extreme, but here when you see this, you're seeing another advancement that Superman can do that we can't and that other heroes can't. And uh, it's just, uh, you're, almost in, you're almost in the realm of... Um, you know, uh, him creating universes in, in, in the Fortress yeah. of Solitude. Juggling comets and all that kind of stuff. Um, you're right, you know, he could walk in, he can go in the library and read every book on detective work and be better than Batman. Uh, he could, uh, you know, study up on everything and be better than Lex. Uh, just doesn't, uh, it just seems a bit of a, a cheat to have Superman be so, um, you know, ex excel at anything he does within a split second. Yeah, and, and uh, I always said, and I think I got it from Lois and Clark, the show, um, they did that on there where he, they were in a store or something and he was trying, they were trying to figure out something and Clark realized if he read a book he might see it and he read the entire book, you know, in 10 seconds, yeah. he, you know. And I, I, I kind of, I kind of developed my theory that Superman could do that from seeing that, I believe, because they'd never really gotten into that in the comics before. And I always said, well, he could read a whole book on a language and, and know the language within that amount of time. But again, if he could do that, uh, it really it makes it difficult to buy any other heroes or team-ups or any other need for, you know, in this very uh, reboot, we've seen him need to go to Batman for something. Yeah. But if but if he can study all that stuff and if he can learn anything he wants in a matter of seconds... Why the need? Why go to somebody else? Just do it. Yeah, and not only that, like you said, it, it makes future storylines difficult to write because, uh, you know, they can say, well, why doesn't he just read up on it and he'll be able to solve that problem, you know? So uh, it's interesting to see what Grant Morrison has created there for himself and for other writers moving forward and whether it just becomes something that they really don't touch on again. But uh, we'll wait and see. Uh I don't know if you've said you you know you don't really catch up on Supergirl and Superboy too much. Um, of issue number twelve of Supergirl, we saw her you know, come together again with Superman in the Fortress of Solitude. They're discussing, you know, you know Superman's you know telling her about how she came to Earth and that she'd been orbiting uh, Earth for quite a number of years, which is why she'd have absorbed direct sunlight rather than through Earth's atmosphere, which is why she seems to have uh, increased powers or, or more powers, other powers that Superman doesn't have. And uh, that the part of her pod that she came to Earth in um, broke her off or you know, came away and landed in the ocean. And uh, she decides to go off on her own and pretty much threatens him 
not to allow you know to allow her to go off on her own to uh, you know find this part of her pod and um, discovers it beneath the the ocean on the ocean floor and um, it's enhanced some of the 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 uh, the plant life the, the ocean plant life around the pod and uh, and has enhanced uh, a, a character that she's come across before in earlier issues um, whose name just suddenly escapes me. <laughs> I'll find it out in a sec. The guy up on the space station? Uh, well, it was the guy that was um, who had kind of threatened Supergirl along the way, and he ended up having his body parts, you know, his head and his torso, and only you know parts of his body left alive and intact. And then he was kind of saved through uh, some technology, and uh, now he's uh, discovered her pod and. Um, uh, and, was uh, that the guy on the space station? The guy who made the uh, that alien form that tried to attack her when she first went up there, and he had her captured, and Simon, then she got away. Simon Taicho, Ticho, Taiko. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, is that that guy? That thing. That's the guy. Uh, like I said, Supergirl is one of those stories that kind of you follow along each issue, but then you kind of forget stuff that's happened in the past and uh, jumps around. You know, we had the recent uh, Silver Banshee story, and um, and so some of the story, some of the story elements get disconnected in my mind, and I start, you know, forgetting who these characters were in previous issues, and um, you know, because you get months go by before they reuse them again, and you start thinking, oh, I remember this guy. What was his story? And you just, you know, lose track of uh, of some of the characters. Yeah, it also seems, and I've said this before. I think it seems to me with Supergirl that. Every issue is her either meeting someone that she's going to fight or meeting someone, someone that she's going to threaten or meeting someone who after she threatens, she's going to fight. <laughs> it just that's all. It's, and, and I guess you could say the same about, you know, Superman. He had met that alien that looked like Predator, fought him, whatever. It just seems like her attitude is exactly the same every time in terms of don't get in my way or I'm going to hit you. Even even with Superman and it seems like they've had the same altercation the three times they've met and it's the same every time. So the way I'm looking at it, when the crossover hell on earth comes, it seems like it's going to be, they're going to meet each other. Superboy is going to do some bad stuff. He shouldn't do maybe drink a little or use some Coke and you know, <laughs> Supergirl's going to say, both of you guys suck and get out of my way and don't stop me from doing what I want to do. And then she's going to fly off and, and do a little kind of uh, hissy fit like I did earlier and, and, and threw off my, my headphones. It just seems – I mean, am I wrong? Not really. I mean, we thought we were getting to back to a bit of character interaction with her during the Silver Banshee story because she had some friends that she could relate to. And, and Siobhan Smythe was you know, a bit of a grounding you know, uh, impact on uh, – influence on Supergirl and that you know, she looked like she might be getting into a bit of a, a regular life. But – I guess that's what the, the writers are trying to do with the Supergirl is show that, you know, she's being th been thrown into a situation that she does not understand. She hasn't. She does not has a very limited understanding of English, and has very little knowledge of what the hell is going on uh, around her and the the you know the um, uh, what Earth life is like, what human beings are like, you know, what's right and wrong, and is feeling very very lost. And I guess in that in circumstance. She's going to rebel and react in a negative and uh, and reactionary way, rather than you know coming from any understanding. And I guess that's 
from what I've heard from the writers themselves, Michael Green and Mike Johnson, is that's the element they're going for with Supergirl, is that it's not easy for her and it's never going to be easy for her because she's in a situation that she, you know, is she's never grown up on Earth, you know. She's all, all, of, all of a sudden been thrown in the deep end here. But didn't the last time we saw them together, uh, Superman and Supergirl, wasn't the very last thing her kind of bitching them out and then flying off to the space station alone? Yeah, she didn't understand. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. She doesn't really, even in the beginning of this issue, of issue number 12, she says, look, you tell me that you're my cousin and I'm still having a hard time believing it because the last time I saw you, you were a baby. So, you know, she's ha- she's having to take him on his word and you know so he tries to show her some some um some evidence from you know what he's seen from the brainiac ship that he's you know uh that's been recording the you know whatever's been going on earth and around earth for a while now and and she has to take him on his word that this is what's happened and this is who she is and who he is and i guess that's the whole you know the point of of their relationship at this point in time is that it's you know it's hard for her to, to come to to I, you know, understand that this is her new lot in life. But what did she do? I mean, she last thing she says is, stay the hell away from me. I don't want you anywhere near me. And then she just showed up at the fortress and said, hey, could you show me some stuff? Or <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess that all happened off camera. We don't know uh, what happened. All, we, all of a sudden we know that they're at the fortress together and she's sought him out, you know, seeking some information, I guess, because she's got no other alternative. I, I guess you, you, you go to what's familiar and... Um, you know the Kryptonian elements of of his fortress, I guess. It's a good, which, it's a good thing I'm not Superman. Yeah, well, and really, this is the first time we've seen the new fortress. They they kind of hinted that uh, look, you were going to see this in the upcoming issues of the comic of Superman's own comic books. Uh, but yeah, here's his fortress. So you're seeing it for the very first time in this new continuity, uh, which we haven't explained yet, we haven't gotten to in his own books. Right, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But if I was Superman, I'd probably be like. No, you know what? No, I'm not going to help you. Get the hell out of here because you're annoying me and you try to hit me every time I talk to you and you told me to stay away from you and you didn't need me or want me or anything and you didn't need help and now you're in here saying, um, I uh, forget everything I said. I do need help and uh, I need it from you uh, even though I said I didn't need your help. And he's like, well, I'm Superman, so I'll help. Well, that's, I guess that's why he's Superman and you're not. I guess so. <laughs> now, uh, Superboy number 12, uh, we see it's still a very interesting different take on Superboy. He's going to a nightclub with his new landlady, this uh, this kind of uh, almost like a um, celebrity, non-celebrity, celebrity because I'm famous and rich kind of person, but I've really done nothing. Her name is Dallas, and uh, she's almost like a Kardashian kind of person. And uh, he gets his first taste of alcohol. And, and it actually has an effect on him. It starts to kind of dull his senses and pretty much like anybody else, I guess. Uh, he's, he's not exactly, you know, in control of himself. And this, uh, this woman comes in with a few uh, heavies, you know, on each, uh, on each arm. Her name's Kiva. And uh, she obviously, Dallas has uh, a history there. There's some kind of a debt owed to Kiva by Dallas. We don't know what it is. Can't be monetary necessarily because Dallas seems to have unlimited uh, wealth. And um, Superboy comes to Dallas's aid and Kiva gets into his mind. That's, she seems to have a superpower of her own where she can use you know, somebody's powers against them. And Superboy realizes that if he can just give in to what's going on, that... Um, you know, it might uh, be the solution, and Kiva sees something within Superboy that just totally 
and utterly shocks her and 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 makes her you know totally upset and uh pretty much that's the end of the story well i um i i have not read it but it does seem to me that there are some similarities um with my issue with supergirl mm-hmm. with superboy as well and that is that it seems to me that in every issue he is being rebellious. He's doing something that you wouldn't expect uh, someone wearing the uh, crest of Superman to be doing. He's burning Christmas trees. He's uh, almost killing people. He's drinking and getting drunk, and um, which is okay because he is young, he's new, and he's also not Superman. Um, uh, but it seems like it's a kind of stuck in a rut where uh, that's what his story is about, him doing these rebellious things. Constantly. Which will be interesting to see with this crossover that we've been talking about, how Superman will react to these uh, two, who you know aren't uh, who are wearing the this, this, this symbol but aren't necessarily uh, accepted the way he is or doing the heroic things that he does and uh, might be sullying his name. So um, and the reputation he's trying to build, uh, it'll be interesting to see. We haven't seen Superman come up against Superboy as yet or come across him. And I guess he would be having an issue with the way Superboy runs his life because he's stolen millions of dollars from banks. He's, uh, you know, going to nightclubs and living a, you know, a life that is not befitting of someone wearing the S as, as Superman would see it. Right. Well, I, I mean, I again, that'll give us some reason to see what kind of possible inspiration Superman can have on these two characters. Yeah. And, and maybe they can kind of come to an understanding of who they're supposed to be or, or even if they have difficulty with it going forward, uh, I'd like to see him not getting cursed out by Supergirl every time they meet and 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 Superboy maybe not just robbing banks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, gee, that's, you're, a bit, you're a bit harsh on them, Scotty. I mean, what more, what more do you want from these characters? Well, you know, I'm, I'm you know me. I'm hard taskmaster. I am. I am indeed. Now, uh, Smallville Season 11 is chugging along quite nicely. It's still topping sales charts in the digital world and um, doing very well. Save me! Now, chapters number 13 and 14, um, 14 just pretty much came out as we're recording this or a couple of days before this, but... um, Mark uh, Pritchard, who does the reviews uh, for the Superman homepage, copped quite a bit of criticism in regards to Chapter 13 into his comment in regards to uh, the the whole resolution, or not really resolution, but the, the fact that they... Well, I mean, let's set the stage. Lex has done all these things that he's been doing uh, to get this radiation onto Superman so that... Uh, he can track Superman wherever he goes via uh, the Lex, uh, LexCorp satellites so that he can keep an eye on Superman 24-7 and pretty much be uh, the thorn in his side. Now, obviously, Superman cannot go back to his Clark Kent life while this is taking place because Lex will then know his secret identity and then will be able to you know, hurt the ones he loves. So it's all this big dilemma about how does Superman do anything other than be Superman 24 hours a day because Lex is watching him and he can't be with Lois. And then at the beginning of Chapter 13, off camera, we're told that the... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Oliver Queen has used one of his satellites to temporarily, in a split second of time, intercept or get in the way of Lex's signal from his satellite 
And uh, what does Superman do with this split-second chance that he has? He heads to the fortress so that he can sleep with Lois. <laughs> does he go up to the space? Does he go up? Does he use that split second to destroy Lex's satellite that's tracking him? I mean, and, you know, people say, oh, Superman doesn't destroy things. Well, hello. In Smallville, he does. He's, he's, he's yes. destroyed two Twin Towers. The whole Justice League destroyed a whole base uh, that Lex has, had owned and, you know, blew it and up. And it was and... described that that wasn't the only one. They were going yeah. around the world doing that. Exactly. Different uh, uh, Lex Corp, you know, buildings and, and things. Yep. And so, you know, Superman would have, in this continuity, in the Smallville continuity, have no qualms about destroying this satellite that's being such a, a thorn in his side that's, that's you know, invading his privacy. Uh, but no, he, he heads to the Fortress of Solitude in that split second that he's got. Somehow he gets Lois there at the same time. And uh, the two of them canoodle there. And, uh, okay, yes, he does say that he's using the Fortress of Solitude computer technology or whatever technology they have there to try to figure out a way to, to resolve the situation with this radiation that's, uh, that's you know, on his body, that, that's he's infused his body. But uh, by the end of the issue, it's, he hasn't done it. Issue 14, we've read since, and he hasn't resolved the problem there. But by some, again, off-camera... He and Lois have come off from the Fortress of Solitude back to Metropolis. Yes, it's in a split second he zooms Lois back into the Daily Planet. But if he could do that, then why can't he do that all the time? Why did he need that split second of of the uh, of the Queen Industries satellite to block uh, him getting to the Fortress when leaving the Fortress he didn't have that blocking? So he's left the Fortress and left a trail for Lex to show that he can go from Metropolis back to this point of origin. Where is the Fortress of Solitude? And Lex will discover that. But no, that's not even touched on in this story. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to, you know, come across as somebody who had issues with Smallville. Because Since I would when? never, <laughs> you know, I would never want to be that guy. No, but never. But for now, let's just say... You're playing devil's I'm advocate that, I'm again. that guy. I'm that guy, and... It seems to me that maybe Brian Q. Miller is, too much to his own detriment, trying to recapture what Smallville did on television. And by that, I mean internal inconsistencies, out-of-character character moments, uh, silly things that make no sense, plot holes galore, and the very last thing sex for the sake of sex just so that we can show sex in order to entice people even in the middle of global catastrophes uh, things that should be of paramount importance taking a back seat so that oliver queen can take his shirt off um and and you know maybe i'm completely wrong but it seems to me that that's what the show did and that that's what we're seeing here. Now, I will say this on the other side of that coin. The scene didn't bother me as much as it seems to bother you and as much as it seemed to bother Mark. But I haven't read any of the other chapters. My uh, introduction to the Smallville comic book universe that's been going on with season 11 is this story. So going in, it seemed to me that they had already been there, we'd seen them there, and they had already had their sex, and that now they were talking about it afterward. 
So I just thought, oh, okay, well, you know, they're together. That's what together people do, and they're doing that. I didn't even understand, except that I had read all these criticisms and I had read his review, what was going on with this radioactivity or that he had been irradiated, and they kind of touch on it in the story. But it does seem, and I, they did it on Smallville a lot, that things that would normally chagrin people like you and I, they kind of brush aside in order to do very mundane things that aren't that important in the scheme of what's going on, and they seem to do it consistently. That's the one thing I felt they were consistent about in their inconsistency was that. They just kept kind of making jokes about or making very light of the giant things that were going on in order to have sexual moments or something along those lines. And I, I think that's what Mark was getting at in his review. Yeah. He, he, he's not as long-winded as I am, so he just kind of had one sentence and it annoyed some people. But that's kind of the impression I'm getting. And on the other hand of that, I did kind of enjoy seeing these characters again, which is strange for me. Um, because I was annoyed by them so much when I watched them on TV. Um, I did notice that, again, uh, and, and it seems that other people don't notice these things or think I'm crazy for noticing them, on on the page where uh, Clark asks her if she had any luck in uh, finding any dirt on Lex, at the very top of the screen, she's like pulling him, and her she just looks really scary. She looks haggard. <laughs> she looks ugly. I mean, seriously, her nose... I don't know. It looked like, you know, those cartoon interpretations of Jimmy Durante, like in, in like Bugs yes. Bunny or something, where he has a giant nose the size of someone's head. That's what her nose looks like in that panel. And that, I know, again, I know they're under deadlines and sometimes they're sketching really fast, but how do you let that one go? It doesn't <laughs> even look like the same. It looks like a creature. <laughs> it looks just really, she looks like Bibbo. It looks really strange. It's really odd. Uh... And then I was just wondering why she asks him about being heavy. She says something like, when did you get so heavy? But, I mean, isn't it just that he's strong enough to not move if someone's trying to move him? Also, he could fly, so he could just use his power not to move by flying the other... And, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like an odd question, and it seemed out of play. I guess... Pulled you out of the story. I guess that's what they call playful banter. <laughs> and I understand that there's a lot of people, and it would be, in my opinion, specifically Smallville people that really like the, more than anything else, the romantic banter. Yeah, the ship of stuff. The, 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 the sexual chemistry between these characters. And I don't mind it. It's part of their, it's part of a relationship. If two, if a couple are together, there is going to be that. Yeah. But it yeah. did seem almost, almost all the time on the show like it was out of place. Now, and it, here it seems like it might be out of place in this spot. In this con yeah, in this context, in this, in this, in what's going on in the larger scope of things, it just seemed like, um, yeah, okay, it's, it's we don't even know how long it's been. Like it's, it's it was just the final the previous issue that uh, this kind of happened to him, and it, so we don't know that they don't really give you any, any indication like how long it's been. If it's been, you know, a couple of weeks or, or a few months or something, I can understand the couple who are deeply in love and you know engaged to be married wanting to to you know uh spend the the first moment they can to be physically intimate with each other but we're not even given any indication that it's been any length of time it's just like uh 
a split second later, the, the very next page almost from the, from one issue to the next, that uh, the resolution, you know, that you know, how can I go back to being my Clark Kent personality? In the first first very utter second that he gets to actually do anything, um, you know, to to break away from the, the trap that he's in, um, it's just to get them into bed together. And I don't have a problem with them being into bed together. It just seems that with such a big, you know, thing hanging over his head that he would try to find a resolution to it, not just a uh, a moment to be titillated, as you know, as we, we're using that word quite a bit lately. Well, what somebody said um, in the criticisms was that he's Superman. That's what Superman does. He finds solutions to problems. So what bigger problem than something in his personal life that he solves immediately with no real thought and without really having to try that hard? So isn't that great? Superman figured it out. I guess, but as you're saying then, that leaves all these other paradoxes. The idea that he could get out but not get in. Yeah. The idea well, get that get in not get out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but he got in through, you know, this whole elaborate plan with the Oliver Queen satellite yeah. and using but then the how cave did he get back out of and the coming, you know, but then they maybe they did the same thing and, you know, they just didn't want to they didn't want to say it again, but he called Ollie and said, "Okay, we're ready to go home now, so can you block it again?" <laughs> But if he can do that and it's that easy, then again, why wouldn't he, you know, fly up there and 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 stop the satellite from tracking him? Okay, then someone would argue, well, Superman doesn't destroy private property, but we know that in this continuity, he does, yeah. because they've done it. You know, that was the one of the one of the quote unquote coolest scenes where they're all walking away in slow motion Baywatch style from the exploding factory behind them. Uh, because they were so cool as to destroy private business property in the United States of America, which is vigilantism, illegal, but and not something that, in my mind, the Justice League would spend a lot of time doing. But uh, yeah, that was the problem that I had with the with this chapter, and you know, nothing to do with sexism, nothing to do with attacking young women of you know thirteen to eighteen or anything who might be who were, you know, touted as a target audience for the CW. Uh, it was simply the fact that the writing was poor and that there was a massive, you know, plot holes in what they did and the, you know, the important stuff was off camera and was only used as a, as a method to get Lois and Clark in bed together rather than to solve the situation that uh, Superman finds himself in. So that was the problem I had with it. That was the problem that I read Mark had into it, uh, which is why the, the review went up as it did and... Uh, you know, if people read something into it that was not intentionally put there, then, uh, you know, sorry you read it that way, but uh, that's not what the intention was, and I would never have let something like that happen if I thought that was the intention of the reviewer. Well, you got the intention, I think, because, the same as I did, we're kind of of the same feeling on, on the Smallville TV show. There were good parts about it. It was yeah. kind of an ambitious project. It could have been something, but they made a lot of errors. They, they messed up their own internal continuity. People acted weird, acted out of character, did things that we as long, long-time Superman fans didn't believe that they would do. And not even long-time Superman fans within the continuity of the show itself. Forget that, too. Forget that it's connected to Superman. Forget that it's a Superman show. Within the continuity of the 10 seasons of the show itself, characters acted out of character for the characters that are in the show, not for... And then they would opposite... Movies. They would act opposite of that character that they just were a minute ago. Exactly. Forget The next episode. Forget the comic books. Forget previous movies. Forget everything else. If Smallville as a standalone thing that it is, standalone series, there were act the characters acted out of character for the characters 
that are written in one episode to the next. Forget about other outside influences of what Superman should be or shouldn't be in the comic books or other TV shows or cartoons or movies. Talking purely, purely Smallville. That's a very interesting way of looking at it. You're correct in that I went the wrong way there because there's plenty there's plenty that you can point out without going somewhere else because in truth when when you introduce a show on this on the WWB which then became the CW 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, whatever it was, you are you are catering to a specific audience that's going to watch that and I think this this is this is uh this also speaks to what Mark was trying to say and that is that that audience was not all 13 to 18 young women because there are a lot of 13 to 18 young women who are mature enough to understand a real adult relationship or mature enough to understand what's going on in a story. Plenty of them, millions, you know, but that particular network, that particular audience, as we saw through 10 seasons of the show, didn't care about internal continuity, didn't care that their characters were doing things that we were told earlier they would never do. And not for any specific reason, just because on this particular week, we needed this person to do this, so we're going to have them do it, even though we don't feel like they would normally do it. But you don't remember that anyway. And there were things where I would – seriously, my head would be spinning because I would I would go, didn't we just possible? learn that it was this and now it's this? Yeah. And then they wouldn't even explain how it became something new. It just was because – there were so many like plot devices they would use that were for something at one time and then never mentioned again. Yeah. Or they were brought in as one thing and then turned into something else just because it seemed like the interesting way to go. And I think what you get a lot of times with like kids' shows, not something like Sesame Street where it's about learning, but just like a cartoon that's just meant to kind of have them glued to the TV. There's no thought or preparation or real detail put into – fleshing it out mm. or making it make sense. They just want to do it, so they do it. It's really just kind of brash and just pushed forward and here it is and, you know, like it or don't like it, but uh, we just want to get to this, so we're just gonna, no matter what we step on and no matter how we forget about what, what, what came before. And that, I think, is the whole source of it. And I believe that there are full-grown men in their 50s who don't care when they watch a movie as long as there's explosions and fast cars if yeah. it has any plot any character that makes sense i don't believe that this applies only to the 13 to 18 year olds who would watch the wb on a normal basis and we all did now so we're all in that club we all became the core target audience even though they didn't know it you me the the people who are yelling at mark mark neil we were all watching the show and if you're the WB or any network, you love that because now you have people that you didn't expect. The people you weren't counting on are watching it. But you still adhere to that rule that there's a certain sect of the audience, man, wo woman, chicken, I don't care, that watches and doesn't care about the details. Exactly. Just wants to see the sex. Just wants to see Lana on the diving board in her underwear. Just wants to see you know, the next Kryptonian freak. Whatever it is, any segment of the population, you can pick any type, any race, any creed. There are those people who are that way. And sometimes I think that's better to be because nothing bothers you. You just watch it and you go, oh, wow, that was really cool. They walked away from that factory. It was exploding. It was on fire. It was awesome. And I'm there going, they wouldn't do this. 
God, it's annoying, you know. But you know, yeah. there are people who don't care about that. Exactly. You know. One of the one of the uh, most uh, obvious ones for me, and it still sticks out in my mind, was when they went back to uh, China. Well, they went to China to, to look for these ancient, you know, uh, some some ancient thing that they were looking for, and they dug up, and they hap- like like they opened up this this door of this temple that had never been opened in in thousands of hundreds of years or whatever it was you know for from ancient china days and they open it up and what's inside kryptonite now how well, why, the hell did why, why kryptonite you know <laughs> get back into ancient china when kryptonite only existed once krypton exploded and that happened in 1989 or whatever the date was that you know he came to smallville so how do you get kryptonite back in ancient China before krypton even exploded to create kryptonite? <laughs> well, doesn't doesn't um, uh, uh, Jor-El say in the Donner movie, which is what Smallville tried to base itself on, doesn't he say that by the time you, you learn of this, by the time you hear this message, we will have been dead for thousands of your Earth years? Yeah, but uh, kryptonite didn't come like, like, like Clark Kent. Kryptonite didn't come to right. Earth until Krypton exploded. I was gonna. I was hoping you would agree with me because then I was gonna say, yeah. But then you got the problem where the Kryptonite didn't get dragged through until his ship, until came, his ship came, and exactly. so that still only arrived in '89. Exactly. But then you had that whole, and they never really wrapped any of that up either. People traveling back in time and portals, and yeah, they I mean, were we here know, in you know, time. Kryptonians came to Earth. I mean, Jarrell had an affair with. You know, whoever it was, Lana's auntie or whoever it was that he'd, you know, when he came, when he was, you know, sent to Earth for for some kind of a punishment or whatever. But Krypton hadn't exploded then, and Kryptonite only exists when Krypton explodes. So exactly. nobody could have brought Kryptonite to Earth from Krypton because they're all dead. Exactly, they're all dead when it, you know, when, when it, it first explodes. Unless they brought, you know, for some reason, dirt from their planet or rocks from their planet, but that. Yeah. You know, Even then, I think it's, kryptonite. It's only the, it's the irradia- irradiated, you know, chunks of krypton that were created through the explosion of. Anyway. It's one of those things that we were talking about. It's <sighs> exactly. a plot hole. It's exactly. a MacGuffin. It's an inconsistency. It's, it's, it's something that just doesn't fit, and you can't even explain. And they didn't even try as writers. Yep. A lot of these things. Why was Jor El such an idiot? <laughs> there was no. There was never any. I thought maybe something would get fixed by the end, and we would understand. Even in this new Smallville comic book, he makes mention of it, of, of how bad he was and how stupid he was. Uh, and he even calls him Computer Jor-El, which yeah, he never did in AI. the show. It's almost as if Brian Q. Miller is trying to say, oh, well, now we understand that this was just a computer program and not really. But we don't, do we? I mean, were we ever? We, we don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on forever and ever and ever discussing about Smallville inconsistencies. But uh, speaking of Smallville... Smallville Superfest, uh, Plano, Illinois, the town that they used to rep- uh, represent Smallville in the upcoming Man of Steel movie, had their very first Smallville Superfest, a festival that went for three days uh, in the town there to celebrate their connection to the Superman mythos. And by all accounts, uh, it was quite a fun time. I uh, Yeah, I've been hearing good things about it. Um, I, I think uh, we talked to... Um the gentleman who yeah, the, helped to kind of organize the, it. The uh, director of uh, the of the Smallville Superfest, um, uh, Martins, what was his first? Jim Martins. Jim Martins. Two weeks ago we spoke with him. He yeah. was a very uh, affable fellow. He seemed very excited about his involvement and, and his town's involvement in the new 
uh, forward motion of the Superman movie movie series. And uh, I heard some interesting things from him, and it was on the uh, live show about two weeks ago, I guess. And uh, now they've had it, and, I, and there's pictures everywhere, and there's videos, and there's people uh, zip lining in yeah. costume, and uh, seemed like a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, uh, you know, from all accounts, it's not as big or as Superman orientated as the Metropolis, Illinois. Superman celebration, but um, this is more of a celebration of the town rather than a Superman celebration, and uh, obviously there were a lot of Superman-flavoured elements to it, like the zip line and uh, Superboy and or su Superman and, and Lana Lang walking through the town uh, as part of the, uh, the um, cavalcade of people that came down the street, the, the parade. And um, it was just a, a fun time by all. And uh, there were some props and things that had been left behind from the filming that were on display there. And uh, by all accounts, uh, everyone had a good time. Awesome. So that's, uh, that's great. And uh, hopefully it continues on for, for many years to come. And uh, thanks to those uh, people who attended on behalf of the Superman homepage um, to report on it and take photos and that for us. So uh, that was great. Now, in other news, uh, there's been a few game developments. Um, there was a... I haven't downloaded it yet myself, but Justice League Earth's Final Defense is a new uh, iOS game for iPhones, iPads, iPod shuffles, I guess, uh, that you can download from the App Store. Uh, supposedly it's pretty good, so that's Justice League Earth's Final Defense. And I'm a little annoyed that uh, these games uh, are only coming out for... The other Superman game only came out for the iPhone 2, uh, I got a droid. Yeah, well, okay. I guess I guess that's uh, the just the the massive um, influence that the the Apple products have on the market that they've got such a huge market share that these creators of these apps you know don't see any um, value in putting in massive amounts of money to for the other phone uh, uh, you know like the Android and that because they just don't have such a just the, the same market share. As the uh, the Apple products do, and, and I guess they don't have the share, but it still seems uh, foolish to not want to collect well, uh, money from the other side as well. Welcome uh, to uh, how Apple Mac people felt uh, when uh, games were created for Windows only uh, console or computers for many, many, many years, and people on the Apple side of things with their Macs uh, were sitting without these games because we didn't have the market share as uh, as. You know, in the computer industry, that um, it's still very similar. The, a lot of games are still only for Windows. Exactly. Um, there's a, a lot of games you still can't get uh, on Mac. Apple. They have they have some like ones that are. I think ones that are really big, they know that are going to sell. They'll make a uh, version for both. Yeah. Well, I guess that's uh, the same with the with the apps for the phones. You know, you're going to get your um, your things like uh, the Angry Birds, and you're going to get things like the Facebook app and you know Twitter apps and all those kind of apps. That will be ported to both, or to you know, to all the major phone and and uh, cons, you know, like you know, handheld devices. But for ones that I guess uh, you know they don't expect to make exactly too much money out of, or that are free, um, like the Superman homepage app, uh, we were only offered to to do it for the Apple products, and uh, that's what we did. You told me. I Good told for you. you. <laughs> no, that's just my reasoning for it. So that's. Uh, I hear you. That's uh, that's anything I can explain from that point of view. And then on the uh, DC Universe Online uh, video game, the massive multiplayer online game, uh, people who have the legend uh, status or who who pay for the the legendary status of the game can now play as Superman and Zod. 
Can't play that game on your iPad. <laughs> no, or your Mac even. You can get it That's on the right. PC, but can't you? No. I bet you it's not Terrence Stamp. No, it looks like it's the uh, the Zod from uh, the Jeff Johns, you know, with the with the goggles kind of thing going on there. Last son. Yeah, that kind of thing going on. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting uh, now that you can actually play as Superman or General Zod, where previously you could only play as the character that you'd created, um, you know, your personal own superhero or supervillain. But now, if you well, there were uh, there are there have been legends uh, players from the beginning okay. um, in PvP. Yep. Uh, when you go against other characters, you can go as as your there are there are different ones. There's there's uh, I forget what they're called, but there's arena style or whatever where you group up with a bunch of people and you go in against another group of a bunch of people and it's your characters against their characters. Okay. But then there are the legends where you uh, collect them. You can buy them. Uh, right. From the store, or and you can, the... or you can find them in the game. Some you get them as prizes and other things sometimes, where you can be the Joker and Batman okay. and Robin. And, uh, I only got as far as uh, being able to be Robin because I never played a lot of PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just, a, I guess, this is a new. They've entered. You couldn't apparently you couldn't play as Superman. No, um, but now you can. Uh, even in, in Legend, but there there were other characters that were named characters that you okay. could play, but only in the Legend. Uh, part of the game yep so uh now that's a new release for superman and zod uh characters that you can play as uh if you're in the legend status um for the uh for the paid versions uh for the paid up uh, subscription so there you go fans of that uh game uh get to it uh well i couldn't think of anything more fun than uh than playing a superman in one of those types of games be fun times people were saying for a long time they wanted to play as superman so there you go Okay, let's move into the big questions segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Last month's big question was, what did you think of the Man of Steel teaser trailer? Yeah, and as, uh, as we thought, we got heaps of responses this time around. Uh, we got a bit lean with some of the other big questions, but this one uh, got, got lots of responses. Yes, and one of our regular writers, uh, Starla Bose, wrote, Last Thursday, my grandmother, who I'm visiting in Pennsylvania, took me to the Batman Marathon before the movie they showed the coming soon of Man of Steel. When it started, I didn't know what it was about, just people on a farm and stuff. Then I saw the words Man of Steel and was really excited to see him fly through the clouds. It was awesome. I liked it a lot, and I wanted to see more. I had to call as soon as I got home to tell my daddy that I saw it. I wish the year would go by quickly. (laughs) Nice. Good to see a, a young fan uh, excited for the upcoming movie. Uh, Hector writes, I love the teaser for Man of Steel. For me, I think something bad happened. That why That's why we see Clark in Alaska working like a regular person, getting away from everybody else, maybe. Well, it got me thinking what's going on, and I can't wait to see it. Interesting. Interesting view. It's possible. We've heard some things um, about the military kind of being involved and being afraid of, of, of Clark. You know, maybe there's some sort of something that makes him kind of not necessarily run away but kind of go uh, incognito for a while so or something along those lines yeah. um adam stabelli wrote that he loved both versions of the man of steel teaser he says i felt it established a tone and a look for the upcoming film and the shot of superman flying at the end was just epic i need this movie now another excited fan thanks adam uh jeremy crawford uh, writes, I like the Man of Steel teaser. You see how different this film will be from previous ones, and the flying at the end was great. It, to me, felt great, uh, felt real, and got me excited for the next trailer. Me too. Thanks, Jeremy. 
Brandon Whitmore wrote, I enjoyed the teaser for what it gave us, but was a little disappointed after what some of us with a lot of time on our hands were able to view of the footage of the com- of Comic-Con. The best description I've heard from anyone was it seemed real, but not necessarily dark or edgy, which I know a lot of real Superman fans were cautious of. While I still have hesitations for the film, it definitely did what it intended to do and got me quite a bit more excited. Yeah. Now, Hoogerman writes, I thought it set the tone of always leave the people wanting more. Even the bootleg version I saw showed just the right amount of story elements without giving the whole movie away. I guess some fans wanted that. It sure has whet my appetite for June 14, 2013. Can't wait to see Man of Steel. Me either. (laughs) Argent L wrote, Hi Steve, Scotty. I tried to find the Superman trailer online, but to no avail. The closest I could find was a Superman monster truck. Not sure if it was the Jor-El or Jonathan Kent version, but it did look pretty cool to me. I guess if anyone has decorated their trailer or van or scooter, maybe you could have a picture gallery of them on your website. The only thing cooler would be having two versions of a teaser trailer for Man of Steel online to watch. Nah, we'd ever, never be so lucky. Oh, well, until summer 2013 then, cheers. I'm guessing Argent L wrote this before the actual release of the, the teasers were posted online. Uh, a bit frustrated. I there. hope so. <laughs> yeah. otherwise, uh, otherwise, now you know. Go out there, Argent L. They're there. Yeah, hopefully she's seen them by now. Okay, Edward Cionti wrote, I think this could be what I have been waiting for all my life as a Superman fan, and that is a serious film. I'm so tired of seeing the greatest, most beloved superhero of all time being played as cheesy, although I'd like to see him played with just a little bit of anger, not so much that you forget that it's Superman. I have listened and watched you both with great respect for your thoughts on the subject of Superman. I also love the teaser, but it was so sh- it was too short. Please send me the script. <laughs> mm, I'm going to get right on that. Yeah, we'll, uh, I'll just pull it out of my back pocket and send it your way. Marcus wrote, I love the new Superman trailer. I liked how both trailers have different messages. Jor-El is talking about destiny, while Jonathan, Clark, uh, Jonathan Kent is talking about free will. It seems there will be some heavy themes in this movie. My favorite aspect of the Superman character is his isolation and loneliness in the sense that he is the last of his kind and not truly like anyone else. Who, can relate, who can't relate to those feelings? It seems from the Man of Steel trailer that uh, this will explore these emotions. Count me in. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, Bardo Sosa wrote, My thoughts on the Man of Steel trailer. Unfortunately, I was one of those very few who had the opportunity to view the San Diego Comic-Con trailer online. So when I was at Dark, The Dark Knight Rises midnight premiere, I was let down by the teaser. But after some time, thought and multiple replays of the new teaser, they did a wonderful job. Nolan and Snyder accomplished what they were trying to achieve and created a trailer that would attract all types of moviegoers. When I was in the theatre, a majority of the people had no idea it was a Superman trailer at the end, until the very end. Now I can't wait for the next trailer for that premieres. Man of Steel will be one of, those, one of the top movies of the summer and will give some box office record holders a run for their money. Watch out, Avatar. You just heard a sonic boom coming from behind. I hope you're correct, Bardo. And I do agree. I think that, that what they were trying to do was alert the regular moviegoers to, to, to the existence of this movie and to do it in a way that didn't make people feel like it was another, oh, we Iron Man, another Avengers, another of those superhero movies. In other words, it snuck a up on that, them. yeah, and it, and it kind of, it kind of looked like something that maybe had some character and some depth and, and something that could be dramatic. And then at the end, we find out that, that there's some coolness too. Uh, Sean Morrissey wrote, I like the teaser a lot, both versions, though I'm partial to Jor-El because of its nod to all-star Superman. 
I show the teaser to a group of my elementary students here in South Korea. I'm an ESL science teacher. They loved it. Young kids riveted by the imagery, especially that flying scene. They wanted to see it thrice. A note to the scoffers, the contrails shown building off soups are not impossible. They resemble, resemble trailing vortices such as created naturally by jets and birds. Thank you, Sean, one of the uh, staff members at the Superman homepage, uh, and uh, great to, to hear from you. And it's not often that we use the word thrice in a podcast. No, and I, I enjoyed saying that. <laughs> I, I can tell. <laughs> Calvin Bowes, uh, obviously Starla's father, writes, I could say I was mad that we didn't see much Superman action in the trailer, but as Steve said, the trailer wasn't made for us. So I asked myself, if I hadn't been a Superman fan, would I want to see this flick based on this trailer? The answer is yes. It appears this film has a lot of heart. My girlfriend saw it and she said it made her kind of tear up and she was surprised it was for a Superman movie. After seeing this, all I have to say is, show me the movie. Mm, I picture... Cuba Gooding Jr. like dancing around <laughs> on a stage or something screaming, show me the movie! Uh, Tom Spielman wrote, having now seen both versions, I'm even more pumped for the Man of Steel trailer than I already, Man of Steel than I already was. I like how this is going for more of a birthright aspect of showing Clark grappling with his abilities for much longer than usual. Also, I could watch that sonic boom shot all day and never get tired of it. Also, is it just me or did Russell Crowe sound like he had studied Brando's performance a lot? Thanks, guys, and here's to 2013. Yeah, I, uh, I very much enjoyed uh, Russell Crowe's version i'm glad to see that he's stuck with his uh, australian accent uh with a bit of a, a theatrical quality to it more than uh, trying to you know ape an american accent because who knows what kryptonians sound like indeed i, I kind of like it too um I, I always did laugh that they all kind of had british accents in the other movie like oh so all these guys were from britain but um if if not everybody talks like that it 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 adds a little more realism because it says it's a whole planet of people just like earth is and yeah. there are people from different areas with different types of dialects yeah different accents mikey b sent in an audio answer as he uh tends to do for us and let's uh hand over to mikey to see what he had to say about his thoughts on the man of steel teaser trailer hey steve hey scotty it's mikey b um well it started on saturday uh comic-con I was just waiting all day for them, someone to put up that, some kind of leaked footage from uh, the, the uh, panel. Um, I also enjoyed the description that was on the Superman homepage because it helped me follow some of that uh, shaky tele, uh, uh, cell phone camera footage. But anyway, I was just thrilled. I was running around my house trying to find the cables so I could hook up to my TV so those little pictures that I could see the three of them would be just a little bit bigger on the TV. I was emailing Steve because he's the, he's the big Superman guy and just wanted to share my excitement with him and um, but yeah it was just I was just thrilled you know I watched I don't know how many times I watched it but I was chasing it around on different uh, spots on the internet because they would take it down and I'd chase it to another one so uh, then there was uh, the dark the trailer before the Dark Knight Rises went. I was just one big chill through that whole trailer. It was the best part of the 725 I spent that day. Um, and and I just think we have. I mean, I just think we have a lot to look forward to. I just think, as I said before, they they just keep hitting home runs on on, on every time out. The panel with Henry and Zach was great. Uh, and, um, you know, as I say, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day with this movie, but I just think it's just so exciting and exciting to all the anticipation and build up 
to the movie has just been so much fun. So, I mean, uh, I just think, and, and I think we'll be, just, I think we're going to be just as happy, if not more pleased, when the trailer with The Hobbit, we think, uh, happens. So, anyway, guys, you guys do a fantastic job, and thanks as always. Take care. Thank you, Mikey. I had uh, an email from yep. John, who is uh, JPFX on uh, on the homepage. Uh, he wanted to say uh, his thoughts on the trailer. He thought uh, it wasn't an awe-inspiring, blow-your-mind trailer. It wasn't bad, but not great either. I guess you have to see it for yourself. As Steve said, everyone had different takes on it. Some liked it, some didn't. Some thought it was great, and some thought it was a letdown. I wasn't crazy about it when I saw it at the movies, he says. Someone at the homepage said he thought almost everybody at the movies had no idea it had anything to do with Superman until the end. And I thought the same thing, and I have to agree. Except for a few people that cheered and knew it was a Superman teaser from start to end. But I have to say almost 90% of the people at the movie I was at didn't know it was a Superman trailer. And it's hard enough getting people to talk about Superman or get excited if they didn't even know that it was a Superman movie. And that makes it even harder. Well, I guess by the end of it, they had to have known it was a Superman movie. So uh, I guess that was the whole point of the way the trailer was, the teaser was put together, was that it, it didn't scream Superman until the very end. And then you went, oh, okay. And that exactly. was, you know, a conversation point from that point onwards to say, wow, that, you know, I had no idea that was a Superman t teaser until the very end. And that was, I guess, the whole aim of it. I think it kind of draws you in in that you're going, okay, what what's is this, this about? about? Yeah. You know, who's this guy? You know, what's going on here? It may not be, you know, jump out of your seat exciting, but I think people will be looking because it's much more quiet. It's kind of like you have to quiet down and pay attention to hear what, what Jorel or Jonathan Kent are saying. And then when you get to the end, you are surprised to see that oh. it, yes, is a Superman movie. It's not what I was expecting. Exactly. All right. What's our new big question for this month's podcast? Well, uh, by the sound of it, I think we should get quite a few responses. What do you think of the Superman and Wonder Woman romantic involvement in the comics? Yeah. What are your thoughts on the two of them getting together and being romantically involved? Get involved with this big question segment by sending in your answer. You can do so by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage and sending your response in, typing it up, and we will read it out. Or you can do like Mikey B did and record an audio answer and send it to us as an MP3 file, and we will play that on our next edition of the Radio KAL podcast. Only one thing alive, less than four legs, can hear this frequency superman, and that's you. Okay, time for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the Jor-El version of the Man of Steel teaser trailer. Wow, how, um, how, uh, how timely of you, Steve. And a whopping 25 people guessed it correctly. Their names are Calvin Bose, Starla Bose, Mikey B, Fred Walsh, Bubba Wobinson, Adam Stabelli, Jerry Crawford, Jeremy Crawford, Rick Ruiz, Brian Pride, Sean Morrissey, Clark Wilson, Wogaman, and why don't you tell us the rest, Steve? <laughs> you, you <laughs> I get tired. You got tired of uh, pronouncing some of these names. Uh, Arjun L, Marcus Barton, Bardo Sosa, Brendan Savinsky, Steve Chin, Greg Kesey, Carl Creasy, Damian Quigley, Gary Allegra, Dean Siesla, Eagle, Rick Lee James, and Matt Apps. Congratulations to those 25 people. That's awesome. I see a lot of names in there I haven't seen before. So yeah. keep listening and keep responding. Now let's see if uh, how, how many of those twenty-five people or and more 
can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. Knock it off, Crypto. You're just jealous. Well, if you think you know where that comes from, it could be a movie, it could be cartoons, it could be a song, it could be, who knows, a radio series. If you think you know, send in your answer by clicking on the super secret soundbite button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in and we'll read out the names of each person who guesses it right in our next podcast. Indeed. Uh, now, the Superman song uh, last month, uh, I did ask um, Sean Morrissey, uh, who gave us some information about our previous month's song, uh, about Jay Retard, who was <laughs> last month's song. And uh, he tells us that Jay Retard, uh, who did choose that name probably uh, to be goofy, it's not his real name, but uh, it was Jimmy Lee Lindsay, and that he died from excessive booze and drugs, particularly cocaine. And there was supposedly a homicide investigation, but I don't think anything came of it. And he was a fresh 29 years young. Very similar to the previous artist who also died of uh, um, abusive drugs, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. And we thank Sean again for his uh, knowledge of uh, the, these artists and these songs. And uh, it's always appreciated to get some, uh, some help with these, uh, with these with, you know, behind-the-scenes information, a bit of trivia there. But uh, we have a new song for this month, and it's one that I've selected myself. It's Hit the Ground Superman by The Big Pink from their 2012 album, Future This. And you can check out The Big Pink at www.musicfromthebigpink.com. So here is Hit the Ground Superman.
Well, that's the show for another month. What did you think? Scott? Wow. Long one again, huh? Yeah, we had a lot to talk about, a lot of topics, and obviously we had a lot of big question uh, responses. So uh, we've uh, we've had a long show, but it's been a good one, and uh, we appreciate all the feedback and interaction we get from our listeners. But as I said, that's the show for another month. Now, if you do have a suggestion for us, maybe there's a song that you'd like to request, maybe there's a big question that you would like us to pose to the fans, uh, maybe there's a topic that you think Scotty and I need to be covering well, all those suggestions can be sent to us. You can email me via steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can grab Scotty at scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Have a, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, and remember, everyone, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com. Mm-hmm.